This is Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. I'm Scott Bertram, and with me now is State Senator Mike Shirky from the 16th State Senate District, Branch, Hillsdale, and Jackson Counties, and Senate Majority Leader. Senator, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, good morning, Scott. I'm glad to be with you. I, uh, it's interesting to hear that introduction the way you've always done it, and knowing that at the end of this year, um, the, the new district lines will affect who represents the greater Hillsdale area and Hillsdale College, um, but it uh, likely won't be somebody from Jackson. Yeah, if you could, we, we talk with State Representative Andrew Fink often, and his House district is essentially the same, except he adds uh, Hudson. How uh, does the Senate district change for us in the Hillsdale area under the, under the new, new maps? Hillsdale, from a Senate perspective, gets split into two different Senate districts, uh, neither of which reach into Jackson. So part of the Hillsdale County will go west with Branch County and St. Joseph County, et cetera. The other small part will go to the east, to Lenaway and Monroe counties. And then the district that I currently serve in that represents the entirety of Jackson, Branch, and Hillsdale counties uh, will now become most of Jackson County and a very significant part of Washtenaw County, but but uh, not the, the entirety of either county. Uh, this is an example of what I think was uh, a, a bit of an error on a, on a, on a res- with regards to the commissions, and they didn't fail. They failed to follow what I believe were very clear directions that voters voted for when they established the independent, air quotes, commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, the... This district, uh, your district, and Hillsdale is going to be broken into two different Senate districts, and so there'll be people who have to watch for who the uh, candidates are and and uh, pay attention because it's going to be a, an important election uh, coming up. And then Jackson County and Washington will be co- coupled together, and that that takes a, a pretty conservative county like Jackson and mixes in a uh, not so conservative county like Washington, although parts of Washington are very conservative, and it makes it a you know a pretty competitive race. And I'm not ready to reveal who I think will be uh, running in that race yet, but I'm I'm pretty pleased with what I'm hearing so far, and that should become public uh, any day soon. So that's kind of a rundown of of uh, how it's going to be changing for this next uh, next cycle. Mm. Senator, it's uh, been a little bit since we've talked and since since that time. Uh, the uh, governor has given her State of the State address and outlined some budget ideas that she has. A $74.1 billion budget uh, under her proposal, 10% more than just last year. And I'm no mathematician, but that seems to be around $7 billion more than last year. What's your uh, reaction to what you heard from the governor during the State of the State? So my reaction is that and I haven't gone through in fine detail the entirety of her budget proposal. Uh, we're Our teams are in a process of doing that now. But my overall reaction is that uh, we, I don't think it's prudent for us to spend the entirety and commit the entirety of the uh, funds we have available to us right now in one budget cycle. Uh, I don't think it's, like I said, I don't think it's prudent, number one. Number two, I think it will create unnecessary additional government-initiated inflation pressures. And number three, and most importantly, a lot of this one-time money, we've been holding off and proposing how to spend it 
that checks the three boxes. One, that, that uh, they are only used for capital-constrained projects. Number two, that they actually do uh, try to do something transformational, something dramatically different for the state of Michigan. And number three, they have a measurable return on taxpayer money. And uh, the way the governor, as I understand it so far, has outlined her budget proposal, uh, much of that surplus money, some of it's fed, a lot of it's fed, but some of it is just state money because we have, we've had more revenue than we expected, um, doesn't fit, it doesn't um, meet those three criteria. So there'll be some major differences in what the legislature proposes, proposes from a budget standpoint compared to uh, what the budget, what the governor has proposed. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about some of the ideas for tax cuts, um, tax adjustments, depending on how you look at it. The, the, the governor has proposed some very uh, targeted tax cuts and, and incentives for electric vehicles, and and dealing with uh, uh, pensions in a different way in the state. I know that you and some of your fellow senators, and I talked with State Representative Fink about this. Perhaps a more broad-based income tax reduction for all Michigan residents is something that's more palatable to you. How do you see the discussions about uh, dealing with tax rates? Uh, you know how, how taxes are applied to different uh, people and different entities. How does that conversation move forward from here? If we've learned anything in the last two years, two years plus now, we should have learned that you know government getting involved in commercial enterprise and free market enterprise are trying to influence it is just a recipe for disaster. There is no way in God's green earth that Michigan should be involved in incentives for what vehicles people should buy. And uh, that, to me, is a non-starter from the moment the ink hit the paper. Uh, any other tax uh, adjustments that we contemplate, and we will be, contem- we will be proposing some, uh, are to be applied as broad-based as possible, uh, not not targeted to special interest groups. And I'm going to, let me speak for a moment directly to this notion of reversing a tax change we made a few years back that gave then gave certain pensioners an advantage with regards to state income tax and left all other pensioners disadvantaged. Uh, specifically, it was for government workers or government-funded pensions and they were, they were excluded from having to pay any kind of income tax. And we, 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 I call that a fair tax change. We did back when Snyder was governor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not in any way interested in affecting that. However, I am willing to talk about increasing the exemptions for all pensioners. Uh, that is a perfectly legitimate uh, item to put on the table uh, on the list of top possible tax adjustments, tax reductions. Another idea from Governor Gretchen Whitmer has been this plan to uh, reward school staff and, and faculty with, with retention bonuses, uh, money we saw this past week proposed for frontline workers. Are those sorts of expenditures something that would be uh, considered by the Senate? Well, let's take them one, one piece at a time. On the frontline workers one, I regret that uh, we, we waited too long uh, to actually execute that. I'm, I'm happy that we actually got something completed. Uh, there was a, a need there, and we have, we have used and abused our frontline workers from a healthcare perspective uh, throughout this pandemic, again, often because of uh, government you know, interventions that shouldn't have happened. But nonetheless, uh, but, but for us to assume that 
money is the only thing that's causing uh, a reduction in the in the legions of teachers, for instance, and people choosing to go to other careers, I think is a is a is a very dangerous assumption. And uh, we've in, in trying to solve problems such as that uh, uh, with just with simply with money, uh, to me, is a very dangerous road to go down. And uh, it, it creates an expectation for ongoing, uh, which, as you and I both know, means that future budgets will be necessarily included more money for those kinds of things, and which just causes uh, either other priorities to not be uh, addressed or pressure on a legislature and a governor to increase revenue via increased taxes, which to me is the absolute worst thing that we can do. We need to continue to stay disciplined and focused on how we make Michigan as competitive as we possibly can for capital, both human capital and dollars capital. And, uh, you know, blowing up and uh, ballooning our budget uh, does not work to that end in either case. And so I I think there's just going to be a lot of arm wrestling going on between now and uh, when we finish this budget uh, uh, with regards to all of those one-time efforts to maybe please certain constituencies. Uh, I'm just throwing it out there as a question mark. Mm -hmm not a statement of, of fact, and, uh, and really question whether or not they can actually accomplish anything or they just or they are they just actions. State Senator Mike Shirky, uh, on the topic of investments in the state, before we let you go, I, again, since the last time we've talked, we've had this announcement of a massive investment by General Motors in the state for uh, electric vehicle production, uh, $7 billion, uh, largest investment in GM history, what does that kind of investment mean for the future of manufacturing here in the state of Michigan? We had, we had a very careful and prolonged analysis of that opportunity that was put before us. And then we had to realize and accept some things that are, that are just realities today. And that is, one is that uh, every place in the world, not just the country, is vying for these kinds of investments. And so we're competing broadly. Uh, and we don't set the rules. We re- we we must we must uh, a- acknowledge and then do our best to play by those rules that are set by the you know the frenzy in the markets. And so we made a calculated decision that we needed to be competitive. And uh, what's uniquely different this time than in previous attempts is that we we took aff- we are taking affirmative budget actions to affect uh, the incentives to to basically get GM to stay here at home in Michigan and, and, and prosper, versus in the past, they were mortgage futures and commitments. And so that's a major difference in how we fund them and how we hold the uh, grantees responsible and accountable for them. And the legislature has a far more active role now than it's ever had before. Uh, and so now what that means is that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have firmly implanted roots here in Michigan uh, on the front of electric vehicles and in batteries. Uh, I had an opportunity to talk to Mark Royce uh, one-on-one for quite a long time on the day of the announcement. And uh, one of the questions I asked him was, Mark, I want to know just how vertically integrated will the battery manufacturing be uh, as a result of this investment? And he proceeded to explain it to me, and I was very pleased that this isn't just a partnership with a with a uh, 
Korean company to build batteries uh, for GM. It is a partnership that will transfer the technology to build them 100% vertically integrated right here in America, right here in Michigan. And uh, so that that was a that was a good uh, a good discovery that I had. I was hoping that was the case, and and so that's that's basically how we assessed it. It's, it's, we are now establishing what the baseline is for jobs that are here today, so that we can accurately measure the increase in jobs in the future. And and uh, that's uh, that process is underway right now. All right, State Senator Mike Shirky, 16th State Senate District, Branch, Hillsdale, and Jackson Counties, and Senate Majority Leader. You can find him at uh, SenatorMikeShirky.com. Also on Facebook, search for Senator Mike Shirky. Senator, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome, Scott. Thank you very much, and have a great day. More of our interviews and conversations on our SoundCloud page. Go to SoundCloud.com, search for WRFH Radio Free Hillsdale. And I'm Scott Bertram on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.